Hi, thanks for joining us to listen to another message from Rumley Chapel in Cardiff, UK. If you'd like to know more about the chapel, then visit us online at rumleychapel.org or look us up on social media. Enjoy the message. Morning, everyone. Right, you can all hear me okay. I haven't used one of these mics before, so <laughs> Ashley was like like shouting to me from his place over here telling me what to do. Um, so it's so good to be with you guys today. Um, thank you everyone online that's watching as well. Um, so glad that you could be with us. Um, so um, I'll just introduce myself. Um, I haven't met a lot of you before. My name is Shanita. Um, I'm 25 years old. I know I look younger than that. I actually told them um, the nine o'clock is really embarrassing, but recently I got ID'd for paracetamol in uh, in Tesco. So that was interesting. I was like, oh, I didn't realize I looked that young, but I am 25. Um, and um, I work for Message Wales. So that's how I know Mike and Ashley. Um, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I, I'm half Indian, half Welsh. I have a twin sister who sat at the back. <laughs> I did that on purpose because I knew she'd take me for that. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. I also have lived in Cardiff pretty much my whole life. I've grown up here. Um, and I became a Christian when I was 15 years old. Um, me and my sister became Christians um, at 15. We weren't brought up in a Christian home. Um, and um, yeah, since that day, I've never looked back. Um, I love Jesus with my whole heart. And I'm so excited to be here and to share this message with you this morning because it's definitely something that's been on my heart. And um, yeah, I'm just going to get right into it with you guys. Um, so today we are looking at the story of Joseph. And so I actually felt God lead me here um, last week as I was praying about, you know, what he wanted to speak to all of us about today. Um, because God is good. He has a message for us. He wants to talk to us. Um, and yeah, so as I was praying, I felt that um, he was telling me to share some personal things with you guys and um, to be real with you about like what's going on a little bit in my life. Um, and so um, recently, I've personally been going through um, some stuff within like family um, and I've been struggling, honestly, to um, keep faith and hope within difficult circumstances. Um, and now um, I know some of you might think that's quite, that's quite a normal thing to not feel like you have faith at certain points. But I can honestly say since I was 15 and became a Christian, I found faith really easy. I actually, I think that was the gift of faith that God gave me. Um, and I, I just found it really easy with everything that would go on around me. I would always um, have faith for um, certain situations. Even if it wasn't happening right then, I knew that I had hope and faith that God would do it somewhere down the line. But I've recently found myself at a place where I've just felt, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have faith right now for these certain situations going on in my life. Um, and so, whereas maybe some people might find that really normal, for me, it's actually been really, um, it's been really hard to admit even to God that I don't have, I haven't like felt faith for these situations. Um, but also that, yeah, it's just really, it's a new thing for me. But that's okay. And I know that that's okay. And so, um, just to share a little bit, um, my family have been through a lot of downs through the years, um, you know, just lots of illnesses throughout the family, mental health problems, um, things that just kind of seem a little bit like never ending. I don't know if you guys ever feel like that, that sometimes there's, there's just one thing after another. Um, yeah, and I've just found myself in this place of um, lacking faith. And so, um, you know, some of these situations are really, you know, heartbreaking um, and just difficult. 
Um, and so even in the last two weeks, I've received some news within family that um, that was a little bit shocking and just really hard to kind of take in. Um, and so actually, even two weeks ago, I almost messaged Mike and Ashley to say, I'm not doing it. I, I can't do it in two weeks time. Sorry, going to leave you guys with the talk to prepare. Um, but I strongly felt God pull me back and say, no, you're going to do it. And I want you to just share what's on your heart right now. Because um, God can work through all of us, right? He has something to say. Um, and so I've trusted him with that. And he has given me a word for, um, for all of us today, um, which I'm really excited to share about. And so... Um, Something that I've realized through this kind of journey of figuring out, okay, I, I don't feel like I have faith right now, it's given me the opportunity in the last two weeks to then wake up every day and actually choose into it, to choose to trust God. I can look back at my whole life and see all the good things that God has done for me and, and remind myself that God is good, that he has got me. And I might not feel it, but I know that it's true because I love God. I love Jesus with my whole heart. I know who he is. And I know that he tells the truth, and I know that his word is true. Um, and so um, as I was praying to God and asking him what to talk about, he led me to Joseph. Um, and so um, I'm just going to give you guys like a backstory of Joseph and what he went through. Um, I'm going to be kind of looking at um, chapters 37 to 41. I'm not going to read the whole thing because that's a lot. Um, so I encourage you guys to go away afterwards and read you know, the whole book of Joseph. It's just an incredible story. Um, but I'm just going to give you the little details of what, um, you know, what Joseph went through. Because he's quite a relatable guy, to some extent. He went through some crazy stuff. We'll get into it now. So, um, so Joseph, he's a great guy. Starts off at 17 years old. Um, and he is the favorite child in his family. Who here has got siblings? Anyone? Do you, have you ever thought, oh, I know who's the favorite right now. I know who mum and dad loves, the, loves a little bit more right now. Yeah, I can see some nods. Um, even I'm looking at Saran. I know seasons when my sister's been like, the favorite, and I champion that. <laughs> um, but Joseph's brothers did not champion it. Um, and so um, Joseph was so favored that his dad gave him, um, he was favored because his dad had him at an old age, so he was excited about that. Um, and um, he gave Joseph this Technicolor dream coat. You know, we all know about it, the colorful coat, you know, fashion ahead of his time. Um, he got this fancy colorful coat. Um, and his 10, older, his 10 older brothers hated him even more for that. They really didn't like that. They didn't get a Technicolor dream coat. Like, where was theirs? Um, but yeah, they did not um, champion this, and they hated it. And so um, Joseph then one day has a dream, and he's not very wise about how he delivers this dream to his brothers, but he has a dream that God tells him that he's basically going to be king one day. Now, imagine for a second your younger sibling coming up to you and telling you that they're going to be like king and queen one day and rule over you. you if, it probably wouldn't put you in a good mood, but um, the brothers hated him even more for this then. And so... Um, I personally think what happens next is actually really dramatic, that his brothers are being very dramatic. And they decide, you know, not just to kind of like talk to him about this, about how he's kind of, you know, maybe bragging. They go from zero to 100 and they decide, oh, well, what should we do with our youngest brother? We should just kill him. Now, I personally think this is very dramatic. There were other ways to resolve these problems, but this is where they went to. Um, and so, um, actually, the 10 brothers decide that that's what they're going to do. One of them tries to opt out of this decision, but the other brothers had decided, okay, well, we're not going to kill him then as if they're going to do him a favor. They're going to sell him into slavery. Their 17-year-old youngest brother 
They're going to sell him into slavery. And they, it even says in the verse, you know, he's our flesh and blood still. So, you know, instead of killing him, let's sell him as if it is some favor. Um, and so this is awful. They sell Joseph um, and they actually sell him to a man called Potiphar who works for the Pharaoh in Egypt. So for the king. Um, and God's favor is all over Joseph. You know, when he goes, when he goes to Egypt and he is a slave, God, you know, his favor is on him. And Potiphar really loves Joseph. Joseph is hardworking, trustworthy, and he, you know, he just, he does everything that he's told. Um, and he's just a trustworthy person. So Potiphar loves him, lifts him up, up, gives him a really great job, um, as someone in the palace. And so, um, Actually, Potiphar's not the only one that really, you know, really likes Joseph. His wife starts to take a liking to Joseph as well. Um, and, you know, I don't need to go into detail of what happens, but he, she just tries to seduce him. She has this huge crush on him. And um, our, our boy says no. He says no. He runs away. <laughs> he, he flees from the scene. Um, however, again, so everything's looking good. Um, but Potiphar's wife is also a bit dramatic. Um, she, you know, her pride has been hurt. Um, he, she's been rejected by this younger boy. And so she tells everyone that he attacked her, which is not true. And then because of this, he then gets thrown into prison. So everything was going well, was going up, and then quickly came crashing down again. And um, he is put in prison. So whilst he's in prison, um, again, God's favor is on Joseph. Um, he doesn't do too badly, even in prison. The, the prison wardens really like him. They can also trust him, and they give him a bunch of responsibilities in the prison. They basically let him run the place, to be honest, afterwards, which is interesting. But that's God's favor, isn't it? Um, and um, he's, you know, he's in prison. And then one day, these two guys from the, from the palace also get put into prison, and so these two guys one night have a dream. Um, they both have some really strange dreams that just don't make sense, and they need someone to tell them why they were having these dreams. And so Joseph comes along, and God gives him um, the, the vision for these dreams. God tells him what these dreams mean to these two men in prison. And so he tells the one guy that God says that he's going to get out of prison, and he's going to get his job back, and everything will be fine in three days. However, the other guy was not, not so good, and um, he was told that he's actually going to get killed in three days' time. So I'm sure he was hoping that these dreams were not true. Um, so three days pass. Joseph tells the guys, remember me when you leave prison. Like, you know, put in a good word for me. Just remember me. And so they, you know, they go back up. The one guy gets his job back, and everything is normal for him again. And then the other guy gets killed. And so um, the first guy, unfortunately... Um, forgets about Joseph. Um, he doesn't remember Joseph. He forgets about him. And then all it says then in the next verse is that two years pass. So two years have gone by. Joseph is in prison for a crime that he did not commit. Um, and so after these two years, I am closing in now. Um, and so after these two years, um, Pharaoh has a dream. So the king himself has a dream. Um, two very weird dreams. Again, I won't go into it. You definitely recommend you guys reading it but one involves a lot of cows 
And the second one, <laughs> the second dream involves a lot of grain. Um, but they were stressful dreams. They didn't make sense. And he needed someone to tell him what those dreams meant. And he looked everywhere across the land for people who might be able to tell him what those dreams meant. And he couldn't find anyone that could tell him. And so this one guy that was in the prison two years prior with Joseph, and Joseph told him the dream, he, re he remembers Joseph in that moment and tells Pharaoh about Joseph. And so then um, Pharaoh gets Joseph out of the prison. Um, God, you know, is faithful, gives Joseph the word for this dream. And um, because, and he was able to tell um, Pharaoh what the dream meant, which, me which basically meant that there was going to be a huge famine in a couple of years' time, that the land was going to completely dry out, and, um, and you know, the, the nation was going to suffer. However, the other dream also meant that a few years before that famine, they would be able to gather all the grain and food that they needed to survive. So there was hope. And so because he was able to tell Pharaoh this dream, Pharaoh trusts him, he lifts him up, and over time, uh, Joseph then becomes like the second hand man to the, to the king, to Pharaoh. He is lifted up literally from prison to, this high, to one of the highest positions in Egypt. He's basically running the place. Um, and so this is where I'm going to close in now. Um, so yeah, he's basically running the place. So this is an amazing story. There's a lot to it. Again, definitely read it. Um, read all those chapters in your own time. It's just an amazing story. Um, and that's just my kind of little overview of what Joseph went through. And so let's go back to when he was 17, he was sold into slavery. And so by the time he was made overseer of Egypt to his position, he was 30 years old. So a lot of time has passed and, you know, a lot of years have passed. But imagine for a second the heartache that Joseph would have experienced um, when he was 17 being sold into slavery by his 10 older brothers who were supposed to look after him. They were supposed to look after him and they plotted to kill him and sold him into slavery. Imagine the heartache he would have felt though, you know, going into slavery, you know, as he travels there um, into the, his new, you know, job. He had a lot of time to think about this. And so, he was taken to a new place where he didn't know anyone and, you know, he was having to find his own way as a slave. That's pretty scary, isn't it? That's terrifying to think that a young person could go through that. And then a little later, you know, after some ups, he gets thrown into prison for a crime he did not commit for two years. He had no family, no friends, and he just had to wait. And so the first point I really want to make about Joseph and his journey is that he is someone who has a close relationship with God, right? He can hear God's voice. He's, you know, he's trusting him throughout this journey. Um, but even through the craziness, he can still hear God's voice, you know, when he's telling people about their dreams. Um, so you know that they're close. And this really encourages me because it reminds me that it's not impossible to have faith in God to what seems an impossible, heart-wrenching situation. This is a crazy situation that he's in, um, but it's not impossible to lose faith. So when God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, that meant that we could also have that close relationship with God. He died for our sins, removed any barrier between us and the Father, just so that you and I could have that same intimate relationship with God that Joseph has. Um, in chapter 39, um, in Genesis, verse 21, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. How incredible is that? That whatever we go through, he is faithful. 
And when we're, when we're at our lowest point, in the deepest pit, in the darkest place, like Joseph in the prison, um, God shows up, right? And um, when Joseph is in the prison, he shows up and he's with Joseph. So he's with us as well. You know, there's nothing that separates us from who Joseph is. Joseph is a person just like us. And so God shows his faithful love. And yet throughout this story of these situations happening, Joseph doesn't seem to complain. There's, I can't find anything where he complains. He has a moan to God. Um, he remains in his faith. Now, obviously, within those two years in prison, we don't really know what happened then. We don't know how he felt or what, you know, the motions he would have been going through, whether he was bored or lonely. Um, he must, I, I like to think that maybe he was frustrated at times um, as he, you know, had so much time to grieve his family. The fact that, you know, he hadn't seen his dad in so long, um, that, you know, his, his things ended so badly with his brothers. Um, but even when he's confused and lonely at times in prison, he had favor with the prison guards, right? And so um, we know that, you know, he somewhat might have even made friends with them, um, which is amazing. And so um, what he's going through is really extreme. And there's a lot of emotions that he must have gone through. And I think my, my second point is that I want us to think about how it's okay to grieve a situation that we're going through in that, in that season, it's okay to grieve a situation. And even over the last year, I've been having counseling. Um, it's an absolute game changer. I'm a huge advocate for it now, so I highly recommend it. Um, and even when I've been voicing my frustrations um, to my counselor and my disappointments, um, she actually said something to me recently that really you know, stuck with me. And she said, God is strong enough. He is strong enough to hold your anger and your disappointment in him. He is the perfect parent. He's not like our earthly parents. He is the perfect parents. And we can be angry at him. We can show him all of our emotions. And someone who actually demonstrates this really well, I think, is King David. Um, so if, we just, uh, if you've got your Bibles, I think Mike's going to put it on the screen. But let's read the beginning of Psalm 22. And um, David says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice and I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. And then if we jump to verse 9, he says, Yet you brought me to safety from you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth and you have been my God from the moment I was born. David has no fear about being authentic with God, about how he's feeling, where he's at, his frustration, even though he knows how God has always been with him and knows of all the good things that God has done for him. It's okay to grieve any of the difficult situations in your life and to be honest with God because he can see what we're going through anyway, right? He, he's everywhere. He knows what we're going through. So when we choose to bring it to him, it deepens our relationship with him. And because of that honesty and trust, it, it just creates a deeper relationship, just like with any of our friends and family, right? When we're really honest with them and we tell them the absolute truth, it just brings us closer to them. And so by the time Joseph gets out of prison, he still listens to God. He, has, he even has faith when he's been in prison for two years, but 
needs to interpret this dream that Pharaoh has, right? He's been in prison two years, but he still hears and trusts God um, with what God's going to tell him about that. Um, and so he has faith in what God is telling him is to be true about Pharaoh's dreams. Um, and then he hasn't, yeah, he chooses in and trusts him. So we can see in here that God lifts Joseph up. And something that also comes to mind, which is my third point, is that the way God moves might never be what we're expecting, right? We, can, we need to be open to what God can do. And a lot of the time, it doesn't look at all what, what we want or what we're expecting. Um, I bet not in a million years, even, even when Joseph had that dream when he was 17, I bet he didn't actually think that he would be by the side of Pharaoh one day in Egypt so far away from home. He probably had his own ideals about that, his own picture of what that would look like. He probably never thought he'd be next to Pharaoh. So we can probably agree that God is pretty good at surprises. Um, and I personally think that life is more exciting that way. Because um, honestly, imagine what would we do if we knew everything that was ever going to happen to us? I think we'd probably get quite bored quite quickly, especially, you know, in this day and age where everything's kind of at our fingertips, everything's quite instant. Um, it's actually good to have surprises. And God has so many good surprises for us, just like he did Joseph, like bringing him up to Pharaoh's level. So maybe throughout this, you've thought, I want a close relationship with God. And I don't want to hide how I feel from him uh, and pretend to be something I'm not, because that's not a real relationship, is it? And the truth is that we all can. We all can have that relationship with God. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have this intimate relationship with God. And before Jesus, our sin, the bad things that we do, because none of us are perfect, right? We all know that. We should all know that. Um, kept us, and those things kept us from God. But God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we would have eternal life, so that we could have an intimate relationship with him, so that we could walk with him and have him with us through even the darkest of times. We simply have to come to God, be real about the things that we've done wrong, and ask for forgiveness. And his word says that he forgives us. When we come to him with everything that we've got, he always forgives us because he's a good father. Um, and so I'd actually love to give anyone an opportunity now. Um, if, if you've never responded to God or if you feel like you need to let God back into your life and be real with him and to bring everything before him, I really want to give you guys that opportunity um, to do that. Um, so if we could all just close our eyes and bow our heads. Um, if, if that's you, I would encourage you to just put your hands in front of you ready to receive God. And if you could just follow in your hearts um, this prayer I'm going to say. Um, yeah, just follow it in your hearts and say it to God um, with just by yourself. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I thank you that you love me. And Lord, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. I'm sorry for the mistakes that I make. I know I'm not perfect. God, I pray that you would clean me now and I want to have a real relationship with you. I want to bring you all of the, all of the real reactions when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, when I'm upset. I want to bring all of that to you and have that real relationship with you. Yeah. Amen.
Um, as I was praying over this service yesterday, I actually, I really wanted to share some uh, words with you. I actually prayed and I got a word for um, some people in the room. Um, and I'm going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come and um, just ask him to speak to all of us now um, and see what he needs to bring up in order to bring us all closer to him, right? Um, so yeah, if we just close our eyes again, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would just come and share those words with you. Yeah, God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be here right now, God. Father, would you move in this place? Would you bring healing and restoration? Yeah, God, would you, would you just speak to us now? So one of the things that I got as I was praying yesterday um, over this service specifically was um, I felt like there was going to be a number of people, so not just one, but a number of people who are feeling really stressed right now. And it's actually taking a, almost um, taking a toll on your physical body as well. Um, and so um, as I was praying, I felt like God gave me this verse, um, Matthew eleven twenty nine, which says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Spend, spend some time in the word, make it a priority and rest on Jesus' words. He can teach us how to let go and the Holy Spirit can move through us in doing that. I felt like that was just a word that he gave to me after the Bible verse. And so, yeah, Lord, I just pray over these people. Um, I just, if, if that is you and you're feeling that stress, if you just want to lift your hands out in front of you. Yeah, God, would you, would you bring restoration to um, these people's bodies right now, Father? I pray that um, as you come, Lord, that you will just lift off, you would just lift off this weight of stress that are on some people's shoulders. God, I thank you that that no load is too heavy for you, God, that you are ready to take it from us. So God, yeah, I pray right now that each person would just give it to you, would just hand it straight over to you because, because of your faithful love, Lord God, you are with us. Just like you were with Joseph, you're with us. So God, yeah, would you just take that stress from people's um, shoulders right now and would your Holy Spirit just come and bring peace. I feel like God's saying that there's also someone in the room who's being praying over something very specific. And I feel like he's saying that it's something that you pray over every day uh, without fail. You're committed to that prayer. Um, yeah, and I, f I feel like he's just saying for you to keep, to keep going with that, to keep praying to him, keep giving it to him every day. Um, because whatever you're praying for, he he is interceding for that and he actually he wants that too so yeah i just i just feel like god is saying just keep going keep persevering in prayer over that specific thing
I also feel like God's saying that、um, there might be more than one person in here who is struggling with their mental health right now,、um, and you've you've gone to people to、um, talk about it, and you've gone to、um, yeah, you've you've been trying to get that help that you need,、um, but you're still on that journey,、um, and I feel like God just wants to heal you right now and wants to take away、um, any of that pain that you're carrying.、Um, So I'm just gonna pray over who that might be. Yeah, God, we just lift up、uh, this person or more than one person to you right now, Father God. We pray for healing over their mind, body, and soul, Father God. I thank you that you that you love this person so much that you have a plan for them. You know what their next steps are、um, in this area of mental health, God. And I pray that you would just bring relief. I just feel like that's a really strong word、um, that maybe someone needs to hear. It could be someone online as well.、Um, yeah, I pray that you would just bring relief to that person right now, Father, and that you would bring peace and that you would fill them with joy again as well, Lord. That you would, the joy of the Lord would just come upon that person, Father.